Um, and they're, they're getting leads and aiming to get those leads to buy stuff, uh, online. So if, if you're cool with it, man, I mean, I, I'd love to just, uh, get, get, get riffing here on, you know, strategies to really maximize front end conversion. Welcome to the Active Marketer Podcast, where we talk about how to design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using sales and marketing automation. You can find out all the tips, tactics, and techniques you need to get more customers and sell more stuff over at theactivemarketer.com. Now, here's your host, Barry Moore. Hello, listener, and welcome back to episode number 23 of the Active Marketer Podcast, where we teach you how to design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using marketing automation. And this week, I will be interviewing Dan Fagella, a fellow automator out there. He's been at it for years and years, one of the first guys to really bring it to the forefront uh, in the marketing space. And he's got some great ideas he's learned over the years, really honed and refined his process for turning leads into customers and customers into repeat buyers. So I'm really excited to have Dan on the show. It's kind of a long interview, so we're going to skip all the platitudes here in the beginning, and we're going to go straight into the interview. So see you on the other side. All right, I'd like to welcome Dan Fagello to the show. Dan, how are you, brother? Doing well, Barry. Glad to be here. I'm really excited to have you on for a number of reasons. One is because you're, like me, you're a guy who does a lot of things. You're not necessarily the one thing kind of guy. You've got a lot of varied interests, yeah. and you go and attack those, which is uh, which is cool. I really love that. And we also have another thing in common. Uh, obviously, you're um, quite accomplished BJJer, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I studied it in the past for a while, but somehow I ended yeah. up every time I went to <laughs> every one, time I went to roll on the mat, I ended up breaking a finger or a toe or something like that. Darn it! Yeah, well, we've all been there too. Yeah. I know what that's like. Which kind of, uh, I was doing a lot of flying of airplanes at the time. So that kind of, uh, conflicted with that. So I kind of had to give yep, it away. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, um, Dan is killer at a customer lifetime value and squeezing the most out of your leads and customers. Uh, maybe squeezing is the wrong word, but, um, I wanted to get you on to talk about, uh, customer lifetime value, first of all. And if uh, we can talk about what that is, if some of the listeners aren't uh, familiar yeah. and then sure, how sure. we can go about implementing that in your own business. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, Barry, you know, what would probably make sense here is, you know, we could talk uh, in terms of customer lifetime value. Customer lifetime value is, you know, how how much does a customer pay you um, before they're sort of gone for good? So, uh, you know, very few people have an indefinite stick rate business. In fact, um, you know, there might be some pharmaceutical companies that have close to an indefinite stick rate business because otherwise, you know, horrible things would happen. But really, uh, you know, most of us, most of us have... Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> cemeteries and funeral homes are the only ones I can think of. Yeah, but even then, it's like you know, you you can't keep getting payments because they're they're under there. That's they true. can't they can't make the money to pay more. So you know, how how much is a customer worth to you? And ultimately, Barry, what I'd really like to, to talk about as well is really how much is a lead worth to you? Because yeah, some people exactly. might say, okay, you know, my average customer is worth blank, but we only convert you know one in every twenty or one in every forty of our leads into customers. Um, you know, I'd like to think a lot more about what a lead is worth because now we focus not only on how to get customers to buy more and buy bigger, but we focus on how to get more leads to become customers. And ultimately, that's not just about being more aggressive with marketing. That's about being more segmented, building better relationships, and all kind of the, the core skills of marketing automation and segmentation that, that we sort of focus on day and night at CLV Boost. So, um, so yeah, uh, it, you know, 
uh, you know, we can delve first into kind of how to convert more leads into buyers, Barry. I know you wanted me to give a little bit of sort of origin story. How the heck did I get into this kind of stuff? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a cool story. A lot of people can relate to, I mean, um, I'll let you tell it, but, um, I think yeah, sure. when everybody gets started, do they get started thinking small about their own business in their own area? And that's kind of how you got started. So maybe you could share a little bit of that stories. For sure. I, I very much did not start off as a tech guy, Barry. So I was like, I was the last person, you know, in, of my age to, uh, to get a cell phone. I think I was a <laughs> you know, freshman or freshman or a sophomore in, in college when I finally got a cell phone. And then I was the last person to get a smartphone. Uh, you know, I'm not really the biggest tech guy. I was, I was, uh, I was a jujitsu guy. I, I like philosophy. You know, I, I wasn't really a tech nerd, um, but I started a martial arts gym in a really small town and we didn't have that many people in this town. So we didn't get that much volume of traffic to the website. It's a really small town. So I decided, man, the only way I'm going to stay alive is I have to really build relationships with every lead and get as many of them to come in through the door as possible. And, and Barry, this is I didn't realize it at the time, but that's called conversion, right? <laughs> exactly. How do I maximize the number of people that that see my site or become a lead who then ultimately, um, you know, will will become a paying member of my gym? So the way that I focused on that was not just you know having big red text on my website. The way I focused on that was by giving them a great reason to opt in, but then having very very segmented and targeted messaging, depending on what program they're interested in, what their goal was. Uh, sometimes I would even change up the sequence if they lived in a faraway town, if they submitted, you know, their, their town and it was, uh, you know, there's a town called Providence. It's a bigger city, but it's quite far from us. So we had to beat down those objections in the autoresponder. So I really ended up calibrating a lot of email copywriting to maximize conversion. And Barry, once I got the gym up to about 80 students, you know, in a really tiny town, I thought to myself, man, you know, I can probably only take this conversion thing so far in a little town. What I really should focus on is making conversion work in the big, broad world of the internet. So I I took these martial arts techniques, turned them into online digital curricula, and then got the same kind of opt-ins, except not just from my small town, but from all over the world, from, you know, guest posting and, and, you know, uh, putting up a lot of great YouTube videos and things like that. And, uh, and now instead of going for a conversion, it's the same exact skill, but altering it a little bit, going for conversion to appointment to my martial arts gym, I actually sold my gym. Um, and, and I started going to maximize the number of people that opted into the, to, to the number of folks that then would start paying every month for our online martial arts curricula. And now that's a, you know, $73,000 a month business at, at the time of this recording, basically selling, you know, the same stuff I was doing at the gym, except the gym is long sold and run by somebody else. And now we're, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this thing in my boxer shorts. So uh, I, essentially, I stumbled into conversion being important because I was in a town where traffic wasn't a skill I could use. Because Barry, when you got eight thousand people, you run out of humans really fast. Yeah, and that's the that's the element of the story that I really like is that it's that particular story was driven by necessity. It's not like you could just completely, keep, man. Yeah, I didn't keep, want to be an Infusionsoft guy. I didn't yeah. want to spend all that money on Infusionsoft. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you, there's only so many leads you can burn in a town of eight thousand before you're, you're done. So, yeah, gotta get every single one of them through the door. So that was my focus on uh, on on conversion. Um, so Barry, if, if you like, you know, I know a lot of your folks who might be tuned in, um, you know, they're familiar with with Ryan Dice or other internet marketer folks, and maybe they sell online products, e-commerce uh, products, whatever the case may be. Um, and they're they're getting leads and aiming to get those leads to buy stuff. Uh, online. So if, if you're cool with it, man, I mean, I, I'd love to just uh, get 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 riffing here on, you know, strategies to really maximize front end conversion. Yeah, you go, brother. Let's go. Cool, man. 
But anyway, yeah, so in terms of selling on the internet, Barry, one thing that's really important uh, on my end is this, and I want everybody who's who's tuned in uh, to think through this lens, okay? I'm not. I'm going to try to avoid talking about one-off tactics that like you could use once and it might be kind of nifty and cool, and I'm going to have people really think strategically about how they can immediately refine and improve um, their conversions and their customer lifetime value in their business now. One thing is this. Is Barry anybody who's listening in right now? Um, if they ask themselves, you know, the of the people that come to my website, um, what 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 do most of them come there hungry for? What do most of them come there looking for? What do most of them come there aiming to? What's the problem they're aiming to solve when they show up? Because uh, I I ask that question because Barry, before I even talk about what products you're going to sell, we have to talk about how we're going to capture the lead. And when we talk about how we're going to capture the lead, Barry, ideally, we want to capture a morsel of the same intent that will be the buy. So some people will have a very arbitrary sort of an opt-in, uh, you know, that, that, that they'll just assume, okay, well, you know, they land on the site. I got to give them something. What am I going to give them? You know, there's a, the guy in the body weight fitness space, um, you know, who w- people would, would land on the site and he had something about, you know, like, uh, you know, an, an opt-in about let's say isometric muscle building or something like that. Whole website was about body weight fitness. This is about isometric muscle building. As it turns out, you know, only, I mean, far less than one in four people who are landing on the site, who are on his subscriber list now are actually interested in building muscle. Most of them are weight loss. Most of the articles are about burning fat and things like that. So Barry, it seems like, well, you know, I just need an opt-in. You know, I got to get an opt-in on my site, but you really don't. Ultimately, what you need is you got to figure out what is the intent that people are there for in the first place. So if you can pull your current subscribers, if you can look at the keywords that are currently driving most of your organic traffic, then that's going to help you define what your lead capture is. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of say, you know, you, the customer is always on a journey and they've come to you because they're on the journey. So if you help them on the next step, what it, you don't have to sell them. You just have to help them on the next step of that journey, whatever that is. Exactly. Yeah. What, what is that? So capturing that that intent. And most people, though, Barry, will assume what that intent is. Like, uh, you know, the, the fella in the body weight space might have said, you know, well, you know, I mean, they're, they're interested in working out. They want to build muscle, obviously. So we'll do like a how to build muscle in your arms kind of ebook thing or video course. And that's as good as anything else because they're landing on my site. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately, if we find out they're really looking for something else, then, then, then we should calibrate to that. Similarly, Barry, once we have an idea of what they're coming to the site for, we can create a great opt-in. If we have a great opt-in, you know, we can we can make sure it aligns with what our initial offer is. Let me give you another example of, of what we might call a mistake there. So, you know, the, the fell in the bodyweight fitness space, if we want to fix that issue, you know, we would determine, let's say that most people are really interested in, you know, their biggest benefits. They want to save time by doing bodyweight stuff. They don't want a gym membership. Uh, they want to burn fat. Most of them are interested in fat loss. Then we would create what? We'd create three different you know, uh, you would create a PDF ebook with some video links of three different simple five minute full body metabolic workouts that require no equipment and no athletic skills. Right. So that might be a better fit for the, for the audience if we know what they're searching for. Um, so that's, that's matching our opt-in to what our traffic is there for in the first place. Next up though, Barry, uh, we'll, we'll look a little bit at, uh, how to go from the opt-in to the offer. Depending on what your offer is, you'll want to alter what your opt-in is. So I, I had another buddy who was in the uh, selling nutraceuticals, selling um, actually a, a, a herbal supplement of some kind aimed to sort of improve focus and performance and things like that. And uh, like for focus and concentration. 
So this guy's aiming to sell focus and concentration for athletes. He's driving people to an ebook of some kind, some kind of an opt-in that is, it's like um, 11 ninja hacks or, you know, mind, mind tricks to, you know, make you more focused as an athlete. That's the name of the ebook. Okay. Now, Barry, let me ask you this. Um, what percentage of people who download an ebook about the psychological tricks to staying focused as an athlete are even remotely in the market to eat herbs to aim to get that benefit. <laughs> Not inherently, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. they're sort of interested in the sort of same benefit, but geez, we're not parsing out people that want to eat herbs. Yeah. Like we're ultimately going to get these people to eat things. We should get an opt-in that relates directly to that uh, desire. So Barry, the question I always ask people is, does your opt-in, whatever it is, does it necessarily, I, I, I didn't say kind of, does it necessarily imply the same intent that would drive them to make the first purchase that you're going to put in front of them? Everybody who's tuned in, like, listen to this stuff. Like, I just can't, like, we, we break down so many beginner info marketing businesses, membership sites and uh, online courses and coaching stuff. And it, it's, it's, it's very, very, very much unlikely actually that, that this is inherently, uh, aligned. The question is, does your opt-in, whatever it is, an ebook, a white paper, a webinar, um, does it necessarily imply that desire that would drive somebody to make the first purchase? If not, you can change it so that it does. And that's going to make a more congruent sale. So Barry, what this guy could have done, okay, if he wanted to do an opt-in is he could have done, you know, the, the top, you know, hypo, you know, th there's a thousand ways to skin this cat. I mean, he could have just gone the, the straight up coupon way as some of these other nutraceutical guys do. But if you wanted to do an ebook or a white paper, he could have done some kind of a report on, you know, the top, uh, you know, seven ingredients, uh, or herbs, natural, natural herbs that improve, um, focus and concentration, uh, improve yeah, focus sure. concentration right? Because yeah. if, if you're reading about herbs, you know, you're not, you're not interested in just looking at herbs. Yeah. Like you, you're aware if you're a human being, herbs must be consumed. So, so if you're reading an ebook about the ingredients, you're the kind of person that is going to eat ingredients. Like you're, you're interested in consuming something and getting a result that way, as opposed to being a guy that wants to learn psychology, Tony Robbins course or, or something like that, uh, that you might've from the first ebook. So, so that's, those are the, those are the first two there, Barry. I mean, before we even get into individual conversion strategy, and I'm really, really excited to, to do that. But before I start talking about tactics, I always like to focus on what is the intent that is organically floating in the world already that's driving people to your site and how can we capture that? And is that capture that lead capture? Does it imply the same MFing intent that would be required for somebody to make your first purchase. Because Barry, let me give you another example. You know, um, let's say you know in the martial arts world, uh, let's say you know people land on my on my jujitsu website, and I say you know hey download this free guide. You know seven ways. Uh, you know seven quick drills to improve your you know your hand eye coordination for jujitsu or something like that. Okay, let's just hypothetically, Barry. Let's just say yep. that that's my ebook. All right, and then and then as they ride my autoresponder, I sell them on a course on how to you know escape from you know side control and mount position and all these other bad positions. It's not unrelated. So I use the double negative to be emphatic. It's not unrelated, but ultimately, Barry, it's not exactly the same. Yeah, so yeah. we have multiple front end opt ins that drive down differing funnels that present differing value props because we want to capture what people are ultimately most interested in, in, in the first place. So that's, that's the, uh, the philosophical preframe to our, our convo here. 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, and I always say strategy is more important than tactics. Uh, everyone wants the latest, greatest tactic that's, you know, how do I get more people onto my page? And it's like, uh, well, think about the strategy first. And, and another point, golden nugget in there is that um, that opt-in is determining what kind of leads you're going to get. Not just the fact that you're getting leads, but what type of leads you're going to get. So, you know, if you get, if you get, long. if you have the wrong lead magnet, you're going to get the wrong, you're going to get the wrong leads. Uh, you That's know, if it. You, if you have the, you know, if you have a, a magnet that appeals to freebie seekers, you're going to get freebie seekers who are never going to buy anything from you. But if you, like you said, if you can relate it more to your product, um, then it's just a natural ascension from one step to the other, from the lead magnet to the product. And you're already attracting that, the right customers for the product to begin with. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. Who are you ultimately soliciting? And does, does the opt-in, um, is it, is it driven by the same desire to fulfill a problem that your product solves as well? We ultimately would like to have them be perfectly aligned where anybody who opts in on that thing is necessarily in the market to get your product as well. Um, so then, then we can start talking about actual tactics to sell folks too. Yeah, cool. So do you recommend, you know, splint, splintering that front end, uh, like a front end offer product? So if your signature product is that martial arts, you know, training package, the big yep, yep. matzo, uh, splintering a kind of an intermediate offer. So there's something on defense or something on takedowns or something on sweeps or escapes. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then you that, know, I, that, that lead in product actually takes you to the signature signature product at the end. It, it, yeah, in, in many respects, there's a lot of ways to skin this cat, Barry. Um, you know, the Ryan Dice actually in a in an older info product of, of his actually about continuity programs talks about this. But really the best example is HubSpot. Are you familiar with HubSpot software? Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Okay. So HubSpot's a public company in Boston here. And they uh they they if you go to HubSpot's blog, under every blog, they have a unique um ebook or course or webinar related to the exact same thing that that blog related to. Yeah, yeah. And then that is going to pull you in deeper and deeper into the HubSpot environment and atmosphere, ultimately always selling the same thing, Barry, which is called HubSpot software. They, you know, they make you pay a lot of money up front. It's really, really pricey. And, uh, and ultimately it's all about selling HubSpot, but they're not going to get you, you know, it's not just get a demo, get a demo, get a demo. It's download this white paper about Twitter marketing because you just read a blog about that. And then they got two weeks worth of autoresponders blending in Twitter and social strategy with lead gen and making money and how HubSpot can help with all that. And they get you to opt in for something else or to then book an appointment to learn about that. And then they can rope you right into to selling you the core software. So yeah, so splintering by interest. HubSpot does this very well. In the martial arts niche, man, we've got, you know, Every one of our YouTube videos fits into three or four core categories. Every single one of those categories has its own opt-in and its own back-end flow uh, to drive them towards a membership because those people are ultimately looking for different things, leg locks, escapes, beating bigger opponents. So I'm a big fan of splintering when you can. But Barry, if somebody's listening in right now and they're just starting off and they're like, oh, I don't want to create 20 eBooks," don't worry about it. Just find the one uh, opt-in bait uh, that that is most apt given – the value proposition of your site, given why people are coming there in the first place, given what your subscribers actually want, just find the one best match. Yeah. Ultimately, when you get more advanced, you're going to splinter it off. But in the beginning, man, find a real nice Cinderella fit there and make sure it lines up to your product. And you're already doing better than 95% of internet marketers, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Dan. So what's the next step? We've got our leads. Uh, we've got the appropriate lead magnet to attract the appropriate lead. What from, Where do we go from there? Yeah. 
Um, so, so next up, we'll we'll focus on uh, on you know getting our first sale. So there's a lot of ways to skin this cat. And again, I feel like I'd be a little bit too tactical if I said, well, you want to go with your low ticket products for four days, and then you do a two day period where you triple the price, and it's like, no, nah, that's just kind of silly. That's the um, magic button that works on everything. Isn't yeah, it? the magic. Yeah, yeah the, the magic bullet. Uh, instead, Barry, what I'd like to talk about is kind of uh, anatomy of a of a good autoresponder. Um, most people feel as though, and they're right, that that they ought to. Uh, generally speaking, they're right. They ought to do some degree of education and kind of bonding with their list. Uh, you know, when when a subscriber signs up, uh, you know, not just say, "Hey, thanks for subscribing. Buy now." And then the next email says, "Thanks for subscribing. Buy now." Yeah. Uh, instead of doing that, they they're aware that they should integrate some degree of education. Where I believe most folks often sort of go awry here, Barry, is that they're of the belief that that implies that they cannot, um, that 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 they cannot actually be sort of. Uh, selling in, in any kind of soft or hard way when they're doing what they would call quote unquote education. So what I would advise is if folks are selling, Barry, give me a, give me an example. I think it'll be better if you give me an example. Somebody who's tuned in right now might be selling what on the internet? Just you, you give me the one to run with. Um, say a coaching product, for example, they've got okay. a coaching what, program for, you know, whatever, five grand, 10 grand. And okay. A coaching program for five grand. And, and what are they, um, what are they coaching in? So what is the area of the niche? Is it horseback riding? Is it, is it Facebook marketing? Yeah. Let's say Facebook marketing or $5,000 a year, whatever it is coaching and a high end, what we might call high end coaching program for Facebook marketing, teaching people in depth, how to run Facebook marketing and, and use it successfully in their business. And they're, they're ultimately selling big ticket coaching. So Barry, what we could do is we could talk about all the products that would spin off of that, but let's just talk about the coaching. I'm just going to go into the coaching for right now. If in fact that is the case, um, then when somebody, when somebody opts in on the front end there, if, if we want to, um, if, if we want to ultimately get them to, to come in for this, uh, for this coaching program, we will likely want to educate them first. So we'll think to ourselves, okay, well, what does education look like? Generally speaking, Barry, any good autoresponder in includes, and I could give you 50 ingredients, but I'm going to give you three that probably matter the most. Uh, we, we have education, some degree of social proof, and calls to action. Education, some degree of social proof, and calls to action. If you have 12 emails and you're missing one of those entirely, you may be in trouble and in general, it should integrate it. So, so if that is, if that is in fact the case, then let's say the first two or three days we're educating folks, we're showing them cool videos about Facebook marketing, different tactical stuff, um, you know, different ways of setting up ad campaigns, uh, you know, different uh, ways to get started with your ad campaign or build your first landing page, whatever the case may be. So we're sort of educating people in that particular respect. Most people would assume, okay, well, we just sent them to the videos and then, you know, seven days later, then we'll finally let people know that we actually have a coaching program. Sometimes that's right. I, I'm of the belief that in general, it's wrong because Barry, by the time email number 10 rolls around, you might be at only like a 12%, 10% open rate. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure depending on your niche. So it's kind of like, man, if we don't, if we don't, uh, if we don't at least let the the hot people buy, you know, we might kind of lose them while they're still really excited about us. So in those first couple educational, uh, videos, instead of sending somebody to YouTube or instead of just sending them to an arbitrary video, let's embed that video on a blog underneath the blog. We'll explain what's happening in the video. And at the bottom of the blog or on the right-hand side of the blog, we'll say, Hey, by the way, 
Um, we, we often teach uh, these Facebook tactics in depth to business owners and marketers around the world and help them transform their business in three to six months with the power of Facebook advertising. Yeah. If you'd like to apply for our coaching program, um, you can see some of our happy and successful customers here and fill out the simple application and we'll, be, we'll get back to you soon. That's very much, that's very different than the first email saying, buy now, you schmuck. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's right. So, so it's, 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 not, it's not saying that, but instead we're just, we're just doing what I call keeping the buying door open. So yes, we're going to educate them. We'll educate them for the first three, four messages. You know, we'll share a great testimonial from our successful student who has a great case study about some useful Facebook tactic. We'll explain some Facebook fundamentals that people need to understand. You know, all these different videos and fun blog posts and things like that tell a little bit of our story, but softly in the PS of the email softly underneath the blog, softly on the right-hand side of the blog, softly at the end of the video, we're going to have light calls to action um, that will at, let, at least let the hot people buy. Because Barry, there's a certain percentage of the people who watch that first or second or third educational video, and they're halfway through it, and they're saying, man, if I could pay this guy, I would. Yeah, for sure. And I think we've all if, done that. If, I think we've, we've all seen those um, slightly slimy sales pages where they've got the video without the controls on it and you can't fast forward and you can't stop and you're like, I already want to buy this thing, but now I've got to wait for five minutes before the buy button. Yeah, pops up, you know? yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're doing it with a blog post, I mean, you could just embed a YouTube video on your actual blog. And, and, and again, if that person is hot on that day, day three, don't say to yourself, well, you know, I can't even show them the sales page yeah, until sure. at least day 12. No, no, no. At, you know, let them make the choice. Don't shove it down their throat, but put it lightly around the education because the interested people, the hot people want to take the next step forward. And you don't, you don't have to throw them through the door, kick them through the door, like Sparta, like boom, you know, right to the chest. <laughs> you don't have to do that. But what you do have to do is make sure they can see the door. Make yeah. sure the door never disappears right. because every single time you get a click from an email is not something to take for granted because at some point, most of those leads, they ain't going to be opening anything that you send anymore. You get a certain number of those clicks and you get a certain amount of light or overt calls to action before you got no more calls to action. And then yeah. you can't make money from that guy anymore. So that's one thing, Barry, you know, integrate testimonials, integrate, uh, education, by all means, lay it on pretty heavy in the beginning. You know, first, generally in any info product business, you know, first three or four days, we'll have a pretty good deal of education on the front end. But on the bottom of the blog, on the right-hand side, in the PS of the email, there's always a nice little toe in the door yeah. where if somebody really was hot, they could take that next step forward. So that's that's one big tactical tip that I think a lot of people forget about. Yeah, exactly right. So, um I guess the message there is, you know, yeah, you don't want to jam it down your throat, but you don't want to deny them the ability to buy from you whenever they're ready. That's it. You know, a lot of people will say, you know, oh man, you know, I have, I have a 12 email autoresponder, Barry, and you know, people opt in, you know, for, I'm trying to sell this Facebook coaching, you know, they opt in, I give them 10 days of great education. And on day 11, and day 12, I tell them all about this coaching program. And, you know, we had 200 people go through it. They got the 11 and 12 email, you know, and, and they're just not good leads. You know, they didn't buy. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. They probably didn't even open email 11 and yeah. 12. You should have given them the opportunity to buy on number one, two, and three, either in the PS of your email, the right-hand sidebar, underneath the blog post, you know, uh, Maybe right underneath, you know, at the at the bottom of one of your blogs, you have a testimonial video from one of your really successful and and happy students. And underneath there says, 
hey, if you'd like to apply to go through the same program that Steve went through to transform his business in six months, um, then you know you can you can apply here and blah blah blah. So so that's one. And Barry, if if it's possible here, I'd like to go into one other tactic um, for getting more out of any given autoresponder. That's that first one was keeping the buying door open with education, testimonials, and calls to action. I'd like to get one more in if I can. Yeah, for sure. But there's this a gold nugget before we move on for that. Oh, is, do it, do it. Yeah, is, let's um, go is, yeah, don't just put your autoresponder out there and then never touch it again. Go back and look at the metrics. What are the open rates on email one versus email five versus email 10? You know, is there some point in that sequence where they're dropping off dramatically and what can I do to, to fix that? Or, you know, maybe, maybe everyone drops off after seven. Uh, so maybe I don't need a 12, 12 email responder. I just need a seven email responder or something like that. Look at the metrics and then split test from there. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And some people don't know the, the, the traffic to split test off the bat, but I, I like I like that some software active campaign included will, will allow you to kind of parse out and segment your autoresponders so people can go down different channels. But yeah, it's it's great to be able to get feedback from those because like you had mentioned, shucks, you know, you might have thought the subject line in email six was a real schnazzy one, but it might have the lowest uh, open rate of anything that you got in the first dozen emails. So um, being able to, to tune into that feedback is more than useful as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what's the next one? Yeah. So, uh, so the, you know, I, I know we're, uh, we're short on time here, but I'll, I'll make sure that I can, I can, uh, integrate this as well. This is one that Barry, I really, really feel like anybody, you know, instead of throwing in individual tactics, it really might not be best for everybody. Again, I like to, to give people lenses that they can look through, look at their business and, and just know that most people are going to be able to find ways to make more money, uh, by looking through these goggles. And, and the goggle that I'm talking about here is, is the goggles of, uh, multiple angles or multiple swings for your product. So, uh, if we're using coaching for an example, Barry, this is a really good one because e-commerce, uh, is, is a little bit simpler for most people to grasp. We got to get them to the sales page. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of ways to slice and dice a sales page. And a lot of people actually screw that up. If you're trying to sell one product, there's a lot of ways you can, you know, long form sales letter, you can put it at the end of videos. Different people are going to get excited about a product and buy it in different ways. But presenting your offer and flavoring your offer and rotating your offer in different ways, knowing that different people will want to respond in different ways. So, uh, you know, Barry, if, if LL Bean mails you a catalog, you can mail them back an envelope to get your backpack. You can go on the web to get that exact backpack. You can phone in and get the backpack. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if they all of a sudden stop doing the phone, they'd be losing a lot of money because certain people are not going online and they're not mailing envelopes. They are phone responders. So if we're using a coaching program, and now I could go on and on about this in e-commerce, most people, anybody out there is selling like an ebook or a downloadable video program or something like that, generally speaking, leaving like, geez, like 40% of the bucks on the table by not presenting it in different ways for the people that don't take it on the front end. I could go on for days about that, but Unfortunately, don't have time. The, the, uh, if we're talking about coaching, if we're talking about coaching, um, so getting people on the phone, Barry, ultimately what you need to do to sell $500 coaching, unless you're a lot smarter than me, Barry, is in general, you'd have to get them onto the phone. Yeah, for sure. So, so how do you do that? You know, some people might say, um, you know, okay, well, we have an application, uh, we have an application form, you know, that, that we get folks to fill out. So, so there's like an appointment form or an application form that people can fill. And then you get back to them and, and you call them and, and, and you, you follow along with your sales process. Um, other people, Barry, in, instead of, instead of getting them to fill out that application form, 
uh, on the bottom of a blog post, they might really never feel comfortable enough filling up that application unless you got them sitting in front of a webinar for 45 minutes and really building trust and laying on the social proof before you present the application form. And then and only then will you be able to nudge them over the edge and fill that thing out. So that's one more way to kind of eke out more people. Similarly, Barry, you might also let them book their own time to talk to you. So there's a lot of these apps like uh, Calendly and Time Trade. And I think when I had you find a time to interview me here, I think you probably used one of those with me as well. Um, and, and we do this for physical therapy clinics and other consultants and things like that it is, uh, is let them book their own time. So say, Hey, you know, uh, a lot of people are interested in such and such program, but really they just want to get a breakdown of sort of how it might work for them, uh, given their own goals and what their own business is. Um, and, and I know that everybody's got a hectic schedule and it's, and it's really tough to, to be able to, you know, clunk some time, you know, that I might suggest, but I can tell you, we've got some slots open in the next two weeks. Go ahead and find the time. That's a little bit of a lighter call to action there, Barry, a little bit less kind of je ne sais quoi and, uh, and kind of intimidation than an application form. But sometimes that will get the guy on the phone. And that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's, and that goes two ways, you know, they're, they can, you know, they just want to get on the phone because the internet, you know, there's tons of slimy people out there and, oh yeah, yeah. And, and they just want to, they just want to hear your voice and talk to you and chat with you and make sure that you're, you know, you're not a jackass. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, as a, as a service provider, you want to be able to screen your customers as well. So you might have a coaching program, but obviously Ooh, that fair, coaching fair program senior. might not be good for everybody. So, you know, make, make sure that that, application form or that or that inquiry process actually screens your best people out and not uh not those people who aren't going to be successful in the program to begin with but there's a lot of ways to frame and slice and dice and represent the same call to action to tease one of those folks who's sitting on the fence to finally make that leap so by not even necessarily coming up with 20 products or 20 coaching programs and the examples we had barry we can just present the same things in different lights and be able to eke out uh, a higher percentage of of conversion on the front end there yeah, for sure. Great advice. Great advice. Yep. All right, Dan, that was some value bombs there. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, I know there's lots of places you can you can find you on the internet. Um, what's kind of the best place for people to uh, find out more about uh, all these techniques and find out more about what you do? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we are certainly all over the place when it comes to the online marketing and segmentation, but the, the main website is CLV Boost, which I think you already knew, Barry, but right. CLV stands for Customer Lifetime Value. So clvboost.com is the website. We, we did get to talk about a decent amount of kind of the higher-up strategy, which we have a, an ebook on the site uh, or a white paper that, that was done uh, quite some months ago, actually, now about doubling your customer lifetime value with uh, segmentation and automation. And that's a little bit more on a tactical level, kind of plug-and-play stuff, so sort of taking what we've talked about today, kind of down to earth and tactical level, people can download that at clvboost.com, uh, or they can just reach out to me on the site too, and just say, hi, tell, tell me you, uh, you heard about me through Barry. That'll be fun as well. So clvboost.com is, is the, uh, the place to find me for this nerdy marketing stuff. Great, Dan. I really appreciate you taking the time and, uh, sharing your knowledge with the listeners. Um, tell us a little bit, just before you go quickly, a little, yeah. a little bit about the, the tech emergence side. Oh, sure, man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, tech emergence, I mean, is, is ultimately my grandest passion and really kind of life purpose uh, is is in the domain of, of emerging technology and particularly where technology crosses over with psychology. So tech emergence is a website um, related where, where we, we interview um, researchers, entrepreneurs and investors in spaces like brain machine interface technology or artificial intelligence and things along those lines. 
essentially with with the purpose of of kind of bringing to the fore a real serious conversation around where these technologies are taking us, you know, in terms of the technological capabilities, but also the ethical issues. So that's very high and lofty there, Barry. I know I'm probably <laughs> nerding some folks out, but ultimately, uh, the 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 whole um, you know the future of virtual reality and and artificial intelligence has some 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 wacky wild implications and and there's some really cool breakthroughs going on there in particular kind of niche or industry developments and we really like to bring those to the fore in kind of the technology space. So Yes, yeah, very interesting and thought-provoking stuff over there. So if you're at all interested in that kind of stuff, I would suggest you check out check out techemergence.com, yeah. Big time, big time, yep. Cool. Well, thank you very much Dan. I really appreciate your time and I think the listeners probably got a, a whole lot of stuff that they can take away and implement. I appreciate Great, it. Great, Barry. Yeah, big time. Thanks for having me here. Thanks. All right. I'd like to thank Dan Vigella again. All right. I'd like to thank Dan Vigella again. That was a really interesting interview. He's a great guy, really, really smart. And I'd urge all the listeners out there to go and head and check him out over at clvboost.com. Lots of great strategies you can uh, implement in your business and put to work driving more leads and converting more leads into customers. You can find all the show notes, everything we mentioned in the show, all the links over at theactivemarketer.com forward slash Dan. I'd also like to leave you with a little bit of an announcement. Uh, I've also opened up a closed Facebook group called the Automation Academy. Love to see you in there. We're going to talk all things marketing automation. We're going to share tips, tactics, techniques. We'll even be sharing some sequences, um, all that kind of great stuff. So head over to the show notes, theactivemarketer.com forward slash Dan. You'll find the link to the Facebook group there and hope to see you inside. So until next week, everybody, I want you to go out there and design, automate, and scale your business to the next level. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Active Marketer Podcast. You can find the show notes and all the latest marketing automation news over at theactivemarketer.com.